Hi again, everybody. This is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different niches, different genres, different areas of responsibility um, to see some of the things that they're doing and big moves they're making in their space. We talk to CEOs, we talk to entrepreneurs, we talk to athletes, scientists, just people who are doing really cool things in their areas. And then we can take some of those high performance habits and and hopefully translate them into our own lives. Um, So we have one of those guests today, uh, Really excited about it. And just before we jump into that, many of our guests on the show have talked about how important it is to possibly write down your goals and how much kind of that helps their goal setting. Um, one of the things that we've done is we partnered with Full Focus Planner. Full Focus Planner, if you're aware of uh, Michael Hyatt, that's uh, his kind of brainchild. And, you know, if you want to um, use some of those to be able to help you think through your goals for the year, your goals for a short period of time, um, then you can definitely access that. And, and if you go to our Instagram profile, um, you should be able to see a link there. Just go through and, and take a look at the ones that make sense for you. Um, so we will jump into uh, today's uh, um, interview. Really happy to have uh, Kat Leon with us today. Kat's an entrepreneur um, as both the owner and designer of Volsport uh, Athletic Apparel. Um, she's also a five-time CrossFit regional athlete. Um, and as seen as one of the hardest workers in both sport and her business, uh, she attended the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in both LA and San Francisco. And what began as, as an effort to make clothing that stood up to that kind of hard driving lifestyle has become a really nice business success story as well. So, so thank you for joining us, Kat. Really appreciate it. Jamie, thanks for having me and thank you for the kind words. When you uh, are asked about you, they say that you are kind of the, a really hard worker and probably the hardest worker in the gym and, and also on your business. Um, does, does that surprise you to hear that from people? <laughs> oh my goodness, no. Um, I'm a hard worker, like probably to a fault. I will definitely kind of like beat a dead horse <laughs> beyond um, what it should be. Uh, it's a it's a character attribute that's sometimes helpful and sometimes hurtful. <laughs> okay, okay, where do you find it hurtful? Is that just uh, finding balance, or or where do you see that? Yeah, certainly finding balance, and then just kind of knowing when to make pivots at the right time. I think that's something I've I've learned with age and and experience. We'll talk about your CrossFit stuff a little bit here, but also just. Um, you know, how did, um, how did it translate into creating a sports clothing line? Because for some people, that would be a big departure. But obviously, you, you really wanted to do that as you went along. But I know there's also a bit of a story about um, you just wanting to be able to find something that, uh, that really made sense for you, especially in the gym. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've been doing CrossFit for almost 12 years now. So I, you know, was walking by uh, one of the first kind of CrossFit gyms in Los Angeles and just stumbled in fell in love, never looked back. Um, I wanted to be able to work out with my friends in the middle of the day, actually. (laughs) Like I loved it so much. I would go every morning before work and then I would go like as soon as I got off work. But all, you know, the cool kids in the gym were working out in the middle of the day because that was all they were doing was fitness. (laughs) So um, kind of the first chance that I got to to say goodbye to my job and, and, you know, start doing my own thing, I, I hopped on that. So I did go to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, and I worked as a designer for many years um, in the fashion industry in Los Angeles. Mm. And then um, through like my connections there, I met some other people and and went off to start you know a few different brands. I've had quite a few at this point, some successful, some not as much so. 
Um, but when I first left, I was um, doing pretty much exclusively jewelry and it was pretty successful. Like we had jewelry, our jewelry line in Urban Outfitters and selling like thousands of units in Hong Kong. For some reason, it really went off there. Um, this was years ago. This is like the time of like neon t tribal crystal stuff, really big gaudy jewelry. Yeah. Um, and because I chose to do that, I was able to work out in the middle of the day. So it was um, a CrossFit was like a very fueling factor for that, I guess. Um, and I kind of, you know, stumbled in with some other friends to started making some CrossFit jewelry and started another business that I had like very centered in the fitness industry. And um, at that point, I was just spending all my time um in the gym and then all my working time really like focused on like athlete connections and and learning this very niche market and uh when 2016 hit i launched full sport and i myself was just training an absolute ton um and i was you know i've always been sponsored by other like crossfit apparel and accessory and protein supplement whatever yeah. companies for my training um and I, I just was having a hard time finding clothing that like actually fit well. Um, definitely some like interesting quirky stuff like emerging out of the CrossFit community at that time. But uh, I think I had like one Lululemon sports bra that I would be like, okay, this is what I can wear to do whatever my coach has in that training log today. Like everything else I'd be like, well, I don't like to run in this. I don't like to do jump, jump roping in this. Like I feel uncomfortable walking on my hands. Um, and I figured I wasn't the only person having that issue. So um, because of my like actual, I went to school actually for fashion design, for apparel. Um, mm -hmm. I thought maybe I could solve this problem. <laughs> maybe I could leave jewelry and accessories and come full circle back to apparel and, you know, do something that would make sense to solve problems I'm having today. That's well, it, my long story. <laughs> yeah. and But it, it, it's interesting because I think I've heard you say before how um, other you know, competitor companies or some of the large companies in particular that have been around for a while. Um, all of those lines were kind of built off of originally the the needs and and development needs of of men, and not necessarily specifically start their starting point being from you know designing something specifically for women. And and is that you know it sounds like some of that is is where this has come from as well for you. Yeah, certainly. I mean, when I think about wool and the future that um, I envision for it, I'm looking at companies like Nike and Under Armour and Lululemon. Even is a uh, you know started by a man um yeah. who has extensive experience in the snowboarding industry which is <laughs> funny but but yeah certainly all these other companies were kind of born out of the needs of like male athletes and um even on a smaller scale a lot of the companies in crossfit that sell predominantly women's clothing they're actually very male driven if not you know husband and wife they're actually 100 percent male owned mm -hmm. um and I think there's like a little bit of a disconnect as far as, you know, when you're making items for women and you're marketing toward women, I, I think it's it's absolutely pivotal that you have like a female's eye, aesthetic eye and um, their input going into it. And it's it's actually a rare thing. Um, even when you're, you know, taking a look at a website or something thinking like, wow, they have all these, you know, strong female athletes on here. Like we're really moving the needle forward. Um, when you take a, a, a harder look at it, um, you'd be surprised to see how, you know, large of a percentage of these companies are actually male owned. 
Yeah, abso- absolutely. And I think you find that not just in, in your niche across the board. And, and it's something that's, that's really, there's not enough attention put to it, I guess. Um, so, you know, from a business standpoint, how, um, what have, what have you found most difficult? Because, um, you know, you know, we'll talk about some of the CrossFit stuff that you've had, but even just as a, as a pure entrepreneur, what has been the most difficult thing for you so far? Yeah, definitely by and far funding. So like you said, it's it's not just my industry, it's pretty much every industry. So of all the like angel funding and the investment dollars put out every single year, less than 4% are given to female owned companies. So that's been like an incredible challenge for me is to find funding. Um, they don't necessarily do traditional bank funding in the same type of ways that they used to, you know, you used mm-hmm. to be able to go into a bank with a business plan or, you know, a great sales record and um, secure some some easy funding. Uh, because I am actually like a single female, I'm not married, I don't have a mortgage. Um, it's been incredibly hard to get access to funding. Yeah. And when you're an e-commerce business, and you're buying and selling goods, that's the number one thing. So I also don't happen to come from like a family with, with great means. Mm. Um, I've kind of like started the entire, the entire company off doing pre-sales and that sort of thing, which has, you know, a variety of uh, hiccups and issues that tie in with that. But I'm so, so grateful for, you know, we do do men's stuff now, but particularly for the women that have been along with me from the beginning and, yeah. you know, the athletes that have supported me just because they happen to know me personally or, or they, you know, just see how hard that I work and they're like, hey, you know, these other companies are super well funded, but we're going to support you anyway because we want you to succeed. You know, I, I don't know what I would do without those, those customers and those athletes alongside with me yeah like there there's so many i mean because you know in what we do outside of this as well there's there's uh so many founders i mean we talked to one just recently a, a woman founder of a um uh of a, a sports sponsorship company and and the same thing that they just talk about how there's there's not nearly the infrastructure for investment behind women founders like it's changing but it's nowhere near um you know where it, it should be so um so hopefully hey maybe you never know maybe somebody's listening and and this might be a great opportunity to do that because we have lots of uh lots of those types of people who listen so um so yeah i mean if, if i'm not the one to change it then who right that's right i mean that's and that's usually what it is right it's just those people that kind of blaze the front end but at the same time it uh it's probably difficult because you know you have to have a uh a resiliency that that uh some other people might not and and, and maybe they're the for you, what, where does that resiliency come from? Because, um, you know, you're, you're, you probably have had to really push to get as far as you have right now. Where does that come from? Yeah, I, w- I wish I could say really what it was. Um, I, I think it's just a personality thing. I have always been like a super hard worker. That's just how I was raised. My dad, my brother are way harder workers than I could ever be. I actually think I have a, a better like work-life balance than both of them. Um, but yeah, it was just instilled inside of me that like, if you want anything out of life, like you have to work very, very, very hard for it. Like nothing is going to be given to you and it can be taken away in a heartbeat. So yeah, I've just pursued everything with my business and my like athletic endeavors a hundred percent like as if it was a full-time job, as if it was paying me a wonderful salary, like I just always get up and go to the gym. There's something inside me that says I have to like it's these things have never felt like a choice to me, um, which I guess is is a blessing in itself. Um, 
I never, you know, kind of get up and go like, do I really, you know, have to go to the gym today? Do, I mean, I have these moments, of course, but you sure, know, do sure. I really like need to be trying to pursue these athletic endeavors or, you know, what, maybe I should just take a little design job. Like <laughs> I, there's no thought process there. I'm just sort of on autopilot and I just get up and go, you know, what needs to be done? What time does it need to be done by? Like you, you got to get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah. You approach CrossFit the same way because uh, from what I understand, I mean, you've, you've had always had that kind of dream of going to the CrossFit games. You came probably as close, I think, as anybody can get uh, a couple of times with your regional stuff. And, and maybe, uh, you know, I, I, you know, probably sucks to have to tell the story, but I know there's, there's kind of one where it was, you were so close and there was actually even a team that I think um, was pulled out, but they just didn't that or uh, but you weren't able to slip into that spot, even though you were the next one in line. Um, you know, can you tell the story behind yeah. that and how disappointing that it might've been? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for the last two years that I did compete, we were actually just uh, one place out of qualifying. So in 2017, we were one point away from qualifying. Um, yeah. If we would have been one and a half seconds faster on the very last workout, we would have made it. And um it just so happened that uh, one of the teams ahead of us was disqualified during the drug testing process. And so we would have been, you know, next in line to get an invite. And really every year, um, almost every year when they've done disqualifications, they just bring the next individuals, the next yeah. teams up. And for some reason that year, they did not. So um, on the game's website, we are technically in the qualifying position indefinitely in their records, but um, I do not have my proven t-shirt and uh, <laughs> I, I have never been to the CrossFit games, but yeah, certainly as close as one could possibly get, you know, I tried so, so hard for, for many years, yeah. um, but the, the games have changed now. They've evolved and uh, it's, it's not, to me, it's not necessarily what it used to be anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it definitely has become, uh, you know, I don't want to say bigger business, but it is a, a much kind of different kind of way of setting things up now too. So, um, and so for from your end, do you compete at all anymore, Kat, or is it just do you can do things locally, or how does that work now for you? So yeah, I actually have some pretty serious back problems going on, and I've been a little reluctant to go forward with surgery. But I'm at this point, I do like a ton of chiropractic and body work, but um, I just have like a lot of degeneration in my bottom two discs. Yeah. And part of that is, you know, for training for 12 plus years, lifting incredibly heavy weights, you know, yeah. training on season, like through injuries, like I was very aware very aware of what I was doing and um, making choices to get to where I wanted to be. But that being said, um, it's kind of a genetic thing. Actually, my mom had rods put in her back and both my grandparents, like my uh, maternal grandparents, like have total huge back issues. Yeah. So unfortunately, I was just kind of born that way. My dad also yeah, he's not an athlete. He throws out his back all the time and will walk around with a walking stick. So yeah. <laughs> it just so happened that I chose to use mine quite a bit. Yeah. So you got the card early. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I know, and you touched on it a little bit there, um, is that, uh, you know, is, is there's almost, um, is, part of the reason you developed the apparel line that you did was because the things weren't necessarily designed for, for, you know, you, especially when you were in heavy competition. Um, but I also know that you've kind of said that you felt self-conscious and that was part of it as well. And I think most people listening would probably think, okay, she's probably the most 
confident person that you'd get and all of those things. And why would that be the case? And I, I just, um, uh, I, I thought I'd throw out there because I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, regardless of whether you're a very elite athlete, that you still can be very self-conscious in a competition and things like that. And is that, is that something I'm kind of reading into or, or do you feel that way? Oh yeah. No, let me tell you from all my years of, of photographing other athletes um, and being kind of in charge of how they come out looking online um people that are are hyper into you know altering their body and high performance they actually tend to be the most self-conscious people um and i'm you know not free of that as well uh mainly i would be really self-conscious in competition just because my apparel wasn't really staying in place like i won't even name names but i remember one time um a company was sponsoring me and a girlfriend. We were doing a team competition and the sports bras that they had given us like had a zipper down the front of them. And this was a company that was like catering to CrossFit. It was like, you know, high performance fabric, sweat wicking, like it had all these, you know, bells and whistles to it. And I had put a um, like safety pin in it and, and it was not coming down, but my, um, my training partner had it like my teammate didn't and she was doing bar muscle ups and the zipper just completely came undone um, oh, and uh, <laughs> luckily she had like a little, something a little bit over it but yeah when you're in the middle of a competition and every second counts yeah, you, you don't want to really be worrying about that wanna, yeah you don't want to be thinking about your clothes i i in that way in training as well, especially like during on season or you're training for a big competition or you're doing an open style workout. Like you do not want to be thinking about what you're wearing at all. (laughs) You want to be thinking about what you're doing and counting and pacing. And, um, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling that goes beyond gender, I think. Uh, but having, you know, to, to secure your body in place is something that will like take you outside of that really quickly. So I was, I was definitely always looking to kind of solve that problem. Um, yeah. I mean, that being said, everybody has their personal preferences. Some people like their, you know, booty to come out of the bottom of their shorts or they like something real low rise, real high rise. Um, everyone has their preferences and you cannot make everybody happy. But um, I think I have a unique point of view that at least is trying to, to keep, people secure and in place as much as possible you know we do all of our like um all of our waistbands for men and women are curved so the same way that you would you know squat down and you feel the kind of the back of your pants go down with you all the back of our waistbands are curved up um Mm. they're made for full range of motion you know the front of the the legs will curve up a little bit instead of rolling up like they normally do uh, you'd be surprised. I have so much like Nike or Lululemon things that are just like cut straight across like a box. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, come on, guys, you have the biggest budget in the world and you couldn't make these slight, slight adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's slight adjustments that unless somebody gives that feedback and they act on it. And, and that's the beauty of being able to design it yourself from your experience where a lot of people don't have the experience that are actually doing the design as well. So um, you, um, when we talked about you were, you're very much, okay, I get up, I've got a very specific thing that I do every day. I go to the gym, I do this. And are you a, are you a goal setter? Like, do you know with your business, I am hitting A, B, C, and D during this time? How does that work for you? 
I, I wish I could say yes. No, I am not a type A person, actually. I am very, very flexible. Like, I'm like in everything is gray. Like, there's nothing hard, black and white. Like, go with the flow. We'll feel it out when we get there. Um, which is funny because especially being involved in sport, like, I find myself completely surrounded by very, very rigid type A personalities. Um, and it drives me a little bit crazy because yeah. I am, like, super spontaneous like really flexible. Um, and I would say I'm pretty easygoing. So I'm used to, to having to work within the constraints of other personalities that are not that way though. Yeah. Um, so I know, you know, I know how to interact with everybody else, but no, for me personally, I like, I have, you know, goals and things that I, I want to get done, but it's kind of always like a moving object because, um, I'm also like a, a very anxious person. So for me personally, like if I set like really hard, um, hard limits or goals and I don't get there, like it, it, I feel like I've, you know, wasted something or let down. So like for me, everything is kind of like a moving target. And like, as long as I get things done in a certain amount of time, like I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, and that probably actually works pretty well for you because you are able to, um, deal with different personalities in a, in a very different way as well. So you, you mentioned balances. It can be tough for you sometimes. Um, you know, do you, how do you, how do you, you tackle that when you've, you've got obviously a, a big gym life and a big business life, where do you find time for kind of all the other stuff? So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty private person and I'm, I'm definitely like very introverted. So I enjoy like downtime by myself and I yeah. prioritize that. Um, that being said, I, I'm also a people pleaser. So I have to like, as I've gotten older, I've learned to like draw my boundaries with those sort of things. Cause I'll, I'll say yes. I'll say yes to everything. Yeah. Um, even if it, it would kind of like drag me through the mud. So um, especially in the last couple of years, I've had like some health stuff come up that was, you know, particularly like very exacerbated by my levels of stress. So mm -hmm. just by pure necessity, I've had to become like a little bit better about balancing things and taking a step back because I take things, you know, so incredibly personally, which I yeah. think many business owners will say, you know, they see their business and, and all those interactions, like as an extension of themselves. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's certain things that really don't have anything to do with me at all. So um, I've gotten a little bit better. I think this pretty much has just come with age for me, age yeah. and, and just kind of like you hit a wall with it and you go, you know what, this, this really is completely out of my control. Like, I, I just do the best that I can. Um, and I, I know myself so well at this point that I like, I, I believe that when I have that sort of self-talk, like I believe myself when I'm like, you're doing the absolute best that you can, like you've covered all your bases, like you're eating, living, sleeping, breathing this, like doing any more isn't going to be beneficial. And in fact, yeah. it might be like negative. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I have these little mini pep talks with myself sometimes, but honestly, I think it's, it's just been age that's let me kind of like balance things a little bit more. Um, I kind of take weekends off now. <laughs> I mean, there, there is not, there is not one day that passes that I don't do something related to my business. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, like entrepreneurship or like, you know, to own a small business, it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely not for everyone. Um, it suits my personality type because I just, 
I never stop working. It has like, it has meaning and fulfillment to me, but um, you never stop working. You actually never stop working, whether you're on vacation, whether you're out having lunch with friends, like if something comes up or something dings on your phone, like you kind of can't escape it. Yeah. Um, the phone stuff I've, I've also gotten better with, you know, changing i i don't have any notifications turned on on my phone anymore i don't let mm -hmm. anything buzz for me because it would absolutely never stop buzzing and it was um i was having episodes where i would like hear you know my phone buzz and it wasn't really buzzing <laughs> you know wake up in the middle of the night like did somebody call me and you know one of my manufacturers needs something from me mm. um so yeah i've tried to really like get out of that and have like more set periods of time like okay i'm gonna put this down for two hours and I'm going to work on like photo editing and take care of some other stuff. And then I'm going to come back and check back in. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a lot, you've done a lot of self-awareness stuff in the last little while. Cause that, all of that stuff is, I mean, it comes with age, I'm sure. And, you know, I, I think anybody kind of uh, would say that, but I, I do think a lot of people aren't that introspective. I mean, obviously you have been, so that's, that's great. Um, you know, one of the, the things that we always ask about is, is, is there somebody that has been your mentor in, in kind of whether it's, it's in the, the gym or in, in business or, or just generally in life? Is there somebody that uh, stands out for you? You know, I have been very, very blessed to have a lot of different females over the years that have, have really um, impacted me. So it, for me, it's not any one person. This goes yeah. back to even when I was working, even when I started interning in the fashion industry, like there's always been someone that kind of like took me under their wing or like, let me see a little further into the world than maybe like most people would. Yeah. And maybe that is because I, I'm a very, very hard worker and I'm, I'm also pretty like quiet. Um, so I, I take in a lot of information before like giving any sort of like feedback. Um, I just like kind of am quiet and watch and listen. I've always been that way since I was a kid. Uh, but yeah, when I was interning, when I was, you know, first starting to work in the fashion industry, like there's always been women that have wanted to like pass it forward. I think because there's so few of us that get a table at that, at that top circle, yep. you know, that, um, people people generally like women especially generally like want to pass that forward they yeah. want to kind of lift you up and and let you see like hey this is this is possible like I I was there I, I this is the path I took um so I've been like super super blessed and then now at the inside of the CrossFit community I am pretty good friends with like most of the other female business owners and and male business owners like it is a wonderful community to be a part of. And these are yeah. people that, that were basically direct competitors um, and give each other advice all the time. I, I've traveled with these girls. Like we go out to dinner. Um, we share, you know, horror stories, success stories, um, funny customer service emails. We get. Yeah. Um, I really, really appreciate having those friendships at this point. So, um, I mean, they're, considered my peers but I would also say like we kind of help mentor each other because everybody has like a slightly different insight and you know most of these um e-commerce businesses especially like we're kind of just doing it inside of a bubble so you yeah. don't necessarily you know know like hey do you have a team behind you like is are you the person yeah. posting here <laughs> like how did you get funding yeah like what platform are you using like it's it's been wonderful to be a part of this community and have like such a free free flowing sharing of information i think that's probably pretty rare especially when they're 
you know, essentially your direct competitors. Um, And I've always, you know, posted my training online. So I have like not a huge, like I said, I'm very quiet and introverted, but I have a larger social media following. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I love all my friends and I always buy their brands and support them and, you know, post them on my stuff. So yeah, yeah, those are are awesome, you know, connections to have and they've helped me along the way. Yeah, it's it's amazing how much is built on community, especially for for women entrepreneurs, because so much of it is, is is built that way, just because it, you know, I, I think they they do business in a much smarter way than men do. So, uh, coming from a man, so, um, you yeah, know, I mean, and you you did ask athletically too, and yeah. um, I just thinking back on that, I've actually because I've been doing CrossFit for so so long, um, there were not a lot of like outstanding females that were not so hard themselves that were able to like pass that forward to me when I was training. Um, Most of the coaches were male and most of the coaches were, you know, people that just had a great interest in body movement and, you know, mixed training methodologies and that sort of thing, but weren't necessarily like athletes themselves. So um, I do, tr- I do try to give back at this point because I think that we're seeing really for the very first time, like the next generation of, of mentors within that sport that have, you know, competed at a very high level, have trained with some of the best, you know, coaches in the world, um, and, and have like the ability to kind of mentor, you know, not just with, you know, programming and diet and nutrition, but like mental, mental programming and, um, just being able to, yeah, mentor kind of these youth. Uh, for the first time ever, like, I think top 20 in Northern California, there were, there were two girls that came out this year that were under 18. So (laughs) we're seeing like the next, the next generation of CrossFitters. Um, And I, I certainly try to give back, you know, anytime I can for that next generation, because that, especially a female voice wasn't so much there when I, when I was starting. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible now to see how many how many young people are kind of at that elite stage now, and also how many you know even this year I, I saw that um, how many um, moms are kind of also kind of you know still at that elite level, which is pretty cool. So it's a it's a nice combination that wouldn't have happened not too many years ago. So um, uh, so that's great. Yeah, I, crazy. I, yeah, it is. And and so one of the things that we ask everybody that we bring on the show is to have a couple of actionable items that people can listen to. They've already, I'm sure, heard tons of them today, but but let's give them a couple of things that, you know, you your business has really come out of your passion and your passion for CrossFit and, and um, you know, the, the kind of gym work that you do. So do you have a couple of steps if someone's thinking, you know what, I really, I love this, but I don't know how to kind of move forward with, um, you know, a, an entrepreneurial pursuit or, or a business. Do you have a couple of things that they could do right away that you or tips that you'd give them? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I, I mean, I did touch on this, but uh, I funny that uh, entrepreneurship and, and, you know, having a side hustle and owning a small business is, is really kind of put on a high pedestal in our culture, especially in the United States. Mm-hmm. But um, I think firstly, taking a long, hard look at that and the hours that it takes and, you know, the years of, of, you know, barely making ends meet and making sure that that is something that makes sense for you in your life, like with your current goals, are you trying to start a family? Like, are you trying to buy a house? Like these things will be greatly affected by this. You know, is it just your income? Do you have a secondary income, like a a partner or, or parent, some sort of family to lean on? Because 
um, it's a it's a very challenging path, particularly at first, um, and particularly if you're trying to start something from nothing. Um, I would say, you know, rally around all your friends and family, talk about what you're interested in before, you know, before you make your action plan, before you start, you know, taking steps, um, talk to those people that are just in your circle, get, you know, their feedback and see if maybe some people can help you like better understand, you know, what your business plan would look like, what type of funding it would take to start something like that. And maybe you do have, you know, friends or family that would, would help you a little bit in, in kind of inching that forward in like doable little snippets. Um, Cause yeah, you shouldn't plan on hitting it out of the park immediately or being yeah. able to have access yeah. to yeah, sort of bank funding or that sort of thing. Like you're absolutely going to need to rely on your friends and family. And if you're uncomfortable, you know, asking for advice and help and like, Hey, can you, I know you're good with bookkeeping. Can you help look at my books? Um, you're going to have to have those, those tough conversations and um, you know, at least me personally, I always hate asking for help. Like I feel so guilty about it. Um, but it's a skill that, that you need to have, um, as a small business owner. So yeah, I would say before you put your, you know, your action plan out there, just see who in your circle can kind of help you refine that and take a look at it from a different perspective. Um, cause that's, that's going to be something that helps you over and over. Um, and then as you grow, you know, when other people come in, um, you'll be more, open and able to have them, you know, offer their different perspective and to see the value in that. Yeah, uh, that's great advice, because I think a lot of people underestimate, and you're right, that it is kind of dramatized, and, and you know, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur or have a side hustle and all these things, but, but a lot of people don't realize the sacrifice that people make to, to be able to have that happen, and, and it doesn't always work out either, so, so you have to make sure that you do that, and, and the asking for help um, is, is another great one as well. Um, so, Kat, if people want to follow you, follow your company, what are some of the best ways of, of being able to do that? Yeah, definitely. So my company is called Vol Sport. It's V-U-L-L Sport. And uh, you can find us online, volsport.com, on Instagram, Facebook, you know, at Vol Sport. And uh, me personally, my name is uh, Katrina Leone. I go by Kat. So um, my Instagram and my TikTok handle are just Kat Leone. Um, and that's just a silly thing. Like Kat Leone was taken, Katrina Leone was taken. So just Kat Leone is available to me on all social networks. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And what we will do is we'll make sure that all of that is in the show notes as well. So if you didn't get it down, then you'll be able to, to go through and take a look at that. Definitely take a look at, uh, uh, at the clothing line. If you, if you haven't yet do that, cause there's some really cool stuff on there. Um, if you haven't hit subscribe on this podcast, do that right now. Um, because we have great guests every week, just like um and uh yeah again thank you for taking the time uh, obviously you have a, a pretty busy life so being able to, to get a few minutes of your time has been uh, fantastic thank you so much thank you so much for having me appreciate you and uh, we will talk again to everybody else on big idea big moves 